Well, hey there, welcome to Hillside Missionary Church Online. We're so excited that you're joining us here today. And wherever you stand with Christ, we truly believe that He's inviting you into a deeper relationship with Him today. And we're here to help with that. So here's a huge welcome to Hillside Missionary Church Online. Your goodness is running after me. Your goodness is running after me. Your goodness is running after me. 
Well, amen. We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke again today. We're going to be in chapter 5, so wherever you're following along, feel free to join us in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 12. If you are following along in the online Bible app, make sure to click the More tab, then Events, and then you can find us there, Hillside Missionary Church. Uh, we're going to be in chapter 5, as I mentioned today, starting in verse 12. It's a story full of hope. It's a short story, but I think it's one that is super applicable to us here and now today. So it's uh, right here, starting in verse 12. This is what it says. Well, he was in one of the cities. There came a man full of leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell down on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him, saying, I will. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. And now even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. We're going to talk about this uh, short story, what this means for our lives today. But before we do that, as always, let's just go before God, ask Him to open up His truth, His word to us, that He would soften our hearts to whatever it is that He's calling us to today. Because we don't want to just be people who show up to church or watch church online, but we truly want to be Christians who are transformed by Christ, who are committed to His mission, and whose lives are changed because of our relationship with Him. So, uh, pray with me, if you will. Oh, Father, we just thank you so much, so much for your word. We thank you for this story. We thank you for the healing that you did for this man. And God, I pray that you would soften our hearts to whatever it is that you have for us, to whatever healing or whatever aspect of our lives need healing. God, I pray that you would do that. I pray that, God, if there's something you want us to change, you would allow us to do that. You would transform us to do that. You give us the strength and the wisdom and the courage to do that, Father. God, we truly want to be people who serve you, who worship you, who honor you with everything that we do, every thought we think, every word we say, Jesus. Transform us from the inside out. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. I've got a question for you. If you were to list out all of the aspects of your life, whether it be parenting if you're a parent or if you're married, uh, your marriage, uh, it'd be, maybe it'd be your finances, your work ethic, all of the things in your life, all of the things that make up your life, your job, your employer, all of these different things that make up who you are. If you had to list out all those things, where would the low point be? Where would be the point where you're saying, man, I am just not feeling good enough in this one aspect. Maybe it's your marriage and you're saying, man, I just, I, I don't feel like I'm good enough to fix my marriage. I just, I'm, I don't feel like I'm living up to my end of the bargain here. I don't feel like a good spouse. I don't feel like I am honoring God with what I am doing here. Maybe it's in your job and you're just saying, man, I'm just beating my head up against this dumb job that I have and I feel like it's just a dead end and I don't know what to do here. I don't feel like I'm living out my God-given calling and my God-given gifts and I just don't feel like I'm being a good steward of it. Maybe you don't feel like you're being a good steward of your finances and you're saying, man, it's just so hard. I live paycheck to paycheck. I'm trying to pay off this debt, but it's just going so, so slowly. What aspect of your life do you feel like you're not good enough in? 
Maybe you look on Instagram or Facebook and you're constantly playing that comparison game. And you're saying, man, like it's Valentine's Day and I see all of these couples and they've got all of these crazy things that they're doing, all these lovey-dovey things. I saw these flowery posts of, oh, my spouse is amazing and he loves me so well and da-da-da-da-da. And all you can think is how infuriated you get with your spouse all the time and you can't seem to help it and you can't seem to change. Maybe you're looking on social media and you're saying, man, all of these other parents, they seem like they got it all together. They're going on trips with their kids. They're doing all these things. And uh, my, my kids, they seem to be glued to screens. You know, one's just all he wants to do is watch video games or whatever. And one's just running around with their underpants on top of their head. Like, what is going on here? And I just don't feel good enough. If that's the case, if you just don't feel like you're worthy, if you don't feel good enough in a certain aspect of your life, let me tell you, you are in good company. This guy here in Luke chapter 5, he has leprosy. He would have been told that he's not good enough. In fact, people with leprosy would have had to go to a leper's colony outside of the city. They weren't even allowed to come into the city. People were afraid of this disease. They're saying, no, we need to quarantine you, get out of here. And leprosy back then is basically a death sentence. There's no cure to this thing. Now, today we have cures. We have medicines. It's an extremely rare disease here in the United States, at least. Uh, and in fact, the uh, major leading cause of uh, leprosy today in the United States is people handling armadillos. So if you're at a dinner party, uh, I guess it's COVID, probably not having many dinner parties. But after COVID, uh, you could be the life of the party and uh, you could say, hey, you know how the leading cause of leprosy is spread? Armadillos, stay away from those things, right? You could be the life party there. But, you know, like back then, leprosy is a just a, a horrible, horrible disease. And just so you get, I, I know this is kind of graphic, but I think it's very important that we understand what this disease is. It's mainly a skin disease. It also affects your lungs and your eyes, and it mainly affects the nerves that you have, especially uh, like in your hands. And so uh, what leprosy will do is it will wear away at these nerves. Oftentimes people will even uh, lose some fingers. Uh, their faces will become disfigured. Their voices will become raspy. Oftentimes when you're around someone who has leprosy, you'll smell the rotting flesh on them. And I, I get this is graphic, but it's important for us to understand this guy's desperate situation. That he really has no place to turn. I mean, he's in a leper's colony. And scripture said in verse 12 here that this guy is full of leprosy as he comes to Jesus. Leprosy is a very slow-moving disease. It takes years and years and years to encapsulate someone's body with leprosy. And so this guy, I mean, he's been in there for a long, long time. He's got leprosy for a very long time. Chances are he's lost some fingers. His voice is very raspy. He smells very badly. And this guy, I mean, he, he has lived a, a, a rough life up until this point with leprosy. It has absolutely destroyed every aspect of who he is. I can only imagine that as he's in this leper's colony outside of, of, of society, he's hearing this message of this guy named Jesus who's walking around from town to town and he's healing people. I could only imagine like the desperation in him saying, man, I, 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 I'm, my life, it's not looking good. It's not looking good here. I'm willing to take any chance that I can to go and be healed. 
And this guy, by taking a step of faith here, by coming out to Jesus, I mean, he's taking a huge risk. Lepers, they were supposed to stay in their colony, not come into society. If they absolutely had to, they would have to call, leper, leper, leper. They would literally have to call that so people could spread out, so they could get away from them, and so that they wouldn't uh, catch leprosy. Now, we know today that leprosy actually is not all that contagious. It is possible to get it from someone else, uh, but it doesn't spread as easily as they thought it did back then. But that back then, I mean, they treated lepers horribly, and ultimately they thought that it was a condemnation from God. And so oftentimes, I'm sure that this guy would have heard, man, what did you do wrong? You, I mean, you must have really messed up for God to have struck in you with leprosy. Man, you must have really, really messed something up. Good luck with that, man. Why don't you just go live out in that leper's colony and, um, you know, good, good luck with, with your life here. I'm sure that's what he was told over and over and over again. I wonder if there are people listening today who've been told that. Maybe you've been told that. You're saying, man, I, I just have never felt smart enough. Everyone has said I'm, I, I'm low and, and, and I, I, just, I, I just don't know what to do here. I'm just going to be stuck with this lowing job because nobody tells me that I'm good enough to go and get something better. Nobody tells me that I'm smart enough. Everybody says I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. And so I'm just stuck in this situation that I feel like I'm in. Maybe you've been abused. You feel unworthy. You feel like you're stuck in your situation. You feel like you're unclean, like you're not good enough. This guy, he's in that situation right now. And here's what he does. He goes to Jesus. He falls on his face and he begs. And he sort of says, Lord, if you're willing, if, if you will, can you make me clean? Can you hear the desperation in his voice? Like, if you will. Here's what I love about what this guy says. He says, if you will. Like, he's not even questioning God's power here. He's not saying, God, if you're able... Jesus, if you're able to do this, please, please make me clean. Now, he is like the uncleanliness of the uncleanliness, right? Being a leper. I mean, he's not even allowed in normal society here. And so he's going to Jesus and he's saying, hey, make me clean. Make me clean. If you feel unclean, if you feel unworthy, if you feel like you're not good enough, here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember three things. Number one, that God is all-powerful and He's all loving. This guy gets that because he gets that God is all powerful, right? And he asks Jesus, if you are willing, make me clean. He gets that God is all powerful, but he's fallen into this trap that so many of us today have fallen into. That God is certainly all powerful. He is certainly able to fix my situation, but does he love me enough to do it? Does he love me enough to come alongside me, put his arm around my shoulder and walk alongside me? 1 John chapter 3 says this, See what kind of love that the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. God loves you so much that He literally calls you His son, His daughter, the beloved person that you are. God wants to walk alongside you in this situation. Now I want to make something very clear. Whatever situation that you find yourself in, many times we will ask God to heal us immediately. And that's what happens in this situation. But that doesn't happen in every situation. We're not immediately healed of everything the way that we think that we ought to be healed all the time. 
It just doesn't happen that way. God in his ultimate wisdom will choose to say no to healing. will choose to say not yet. will choose to say I'm going to heal you in a different way. I'm going to make your situation whole in a different way. But what he does promise us is that he's right there beside us and that he's all powerful. He's able to and that he's all loving. And he's saying, hey, I want to walk alongside you. You are not alone in this situation that you find yourself in. Wherever you feel like you're not good enough, God is saying, I am right there, right beside you, and I love you. And I want to walk alongside you. Whether it be your marriage and you're saying, man, I just don't feel like my marriage is good enough. God is saying, hey, I'm right here. I want to help you with that. You're saying, man, I I just don't feel... I just don't feel good enough in, in whatever aspect of my life. Maybe it's my finances. I just don't feel good enough in, in, in the way that I handle my money. I'm just constantly living paycheck to paycheck. God is saying, hey, I want to walk right alongside you. If you feel like you're constantly playing that comparison game, whether it be comparison or comparing your marriage to different relationships you see on Facebook or your parenting to different parents that you see on Instagram or where, whatever, you're finding that you're just constantly comparing yourself. God is saying, hey, you are a child of God. You are my child. And I love you just the way that you are. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to change. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want to transform our lives. But he loves us and he accepts us just as we are. In fact, not one person who comes to God in all of Scripture, all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, all throughout Scripture, not one person goes to God out of good faith that God turns away. Every single time, a person who goes to God out of good faith, God says, all right, let's go. I, I, I want to be in a deeper relationship with you. I accept you. I love you. Now, there are people who go to God out of uh, you know, selfish ambitions or different things like that. You know, think of the young ruler who goes up to Jesus and says, I've, I'm, I'm perfect. I've, I've uh, done all of these things that you uh, command me to do. And then uh, Jesus says, well, why don't you just leave everything and follow me then? And he's unable to. So he's not going to God out of good faith, right? If it was good faith that he would say, all right, yes, I'm willing to abandon everything. Here you go, God. Here's my life. But if we go to God simply out of faith and say, God, you can have everything, every aspect of who I am. He says, awesome. Awesome. I want to transform you. I want to walk alongside you in this situation. I want to redeem you. Here's what I love about what Jesus does in this situation too. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. It says that immediately the leprosy left him. I love that Jesus does this, and and here's why. All throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, when someone is unclean, whether it be they uh, touch something that's unclean, whether it be they they did something that Scripture commands is unclean, um, they were unclean. And if they touched someone else, regardless of their situation, that someone else would have been unclean. So, uh, for instance, if I was clean and uh, someone who is unclean touched me, then now I'm unclean. In other words, unclean uh, is the dominant factor of uh, what's going on in between people. Jesus, who is ultimately all clean, right, says, I will, I will make you clean. And so for the first time in all of the narrative of Scripture here, for the first time we see Jesus touching someone who's unclean and the unclean loses, The cleanliness transfers from Jesus onto this leper. And so for the first time in all of Scripture, we're reading along here and we go, whoa, 
whoa, like Jesus really truly is the light in the darkness, right? Like the light always wins over the darkness. He, he does this and he makes this guy clean. And not only does he do that, but also he touches him. I mean, Jesus could have just said, I mean, think about this. Jesus could have just said, um, oh, okay, okay, um, you're clean. He could have just said it. He could have just thought it and the man could have been clean. He doesn't just do that though. He touches him. What you think about this leper? He probably has been in the leper colony for years and years and years. This guy hasn't been touched in a long time. Jesus not only heals his physical ailments, he also heals his emotional ailments as well. I, I love the stories. Of, uh, you hear them on the news all the time with COVID going on. But they'll ask uh, elderly people who are just getting their vaccinations. When I'm, when I'm recording this, uh, uh, older, uh, elderly people are, are just getting their, their vaccinations and they're just getting their immunity now from their second vaccination. And I love these interviews they'll have. They'll say, you know, the interview will say, hey, what's the first thing you're going to do uh, now that you're immune from COVID? They'll say, I'm going to go hug my grandkids. I'm going to go give my grandkids a huge bear hug because I haven't seen them in a year. And I really miss them. Now more than ever, I think we understand what this does, what Jesus' physical touch does for this man with leprosy. And he's not only healing his physical leprosy, but he's healing these emotional wounds that he has. Not having physical contact with anyone is going to wear on people. And Jesus, he comes alongside him, he touches him, and he makes him holy. He makes him holy. I want, I want you to remember that. That Christ, he comes alongside you, he heals you completely, and he makes you whole. He makes you holy as well. That word that we find in Scripture, holy, is to be set apart for God. That God is set apart, and when God makes us holy, we are also set apart for God. Jesus does that when he touches this leper. He makes him clean, completely clean. I want you to think about that. That when you come to Christ, you are immediately made clean. You don't have to jump through hoops. Christ didn't say to this leper, uh, okay, um, why don't you go and uh, you go say 10 Hail Marys and then go, this, uh, go do this uh, good deed and um, you will then um, you know, uh, be cured of, of your leprosy. Uh, there and then you'll be made clean. No, no, Jesus says, okay, you came out of me good faith. Great. Boom. You're clean. End of story. Like that's it. Like you are made clean. You are made holy in me. Meaning our past mistakes do not define us. That thing you did last night, it does not define what you do tomorrow. Those mistakes that you did when you were in high school, when you were in college, when you were in your 20s, those mistakes do not define you. That alcoholism, those substance abuse issues, those sexual sins that you have committed, those do not define you. Christ said, if you've come to me, you are set apart. You are now a child of God. You are a brand new creation in me. Those past mistakes do not define you. They don't define who you are and they don't define your tomorrow. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to convince you that what you do is who you are. 
In other words, if you are an abuser of alcohol, you're an alcoholic, and that's all it is to it. Maybe you grew up in a family who is a little dysfunctional, or, or let's be honest, a lot dysfunctional, and you're just saying, hey man, that's just who I am, that's what my family is, we're dysfunctional, and I'm bound to live in a dysfunctional family for the rest of my life. But what Christ says is when you come to me, you are made whole. You are holy. You are set apart for me. Jesus touched him. Jesus touched him. And he says, I want to make you whole, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Every aspect of your life, I want to make you whole. I want to set you apart completely holy for me. And it says that he did this immediately. No hoops to jump through. In other words, you don't have to work off your past mistakes. We do not live in a karma-based uh, reality. God says, hey, you know what? No matter what you did, no matter what those mistakes are that you did, guess what? They're erased. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have consequences for those sins. We obviously have those natural consequences. We have consequences for those poor choices that we make. But Christ says, I make you holy nonetheless. You may have to deal with those consequences, but they do not define who you are. They do not define what you do now. They do not define your reality and your future moving forward. Christ says, I define who you are. You have a new identity. You are a new creation in me. Jesus said that to this guy with leprosy. And then he charges him. He charges him not to go and tell anyone. Now this is kind of weird if you ask me. Like if I'm Jesus, I'm probably going to say, yeah, go tell everybody because I'm trying to get the news out, right? Like trying to get this good news about who I am, what I can do for you. Jesus wants to get this news out on his own regard, though, the way that he wants to. But he has something deeper in mind here when he says this to him. Take a look. It says that he is to go and show himself to the priest, make an offering for his cleansing as Moses commanded him for a proof to him. Now, what is he talking about? Well, it's all the way back in Leviticus that it says that if a leper is cleansed, that he has to go and make all these offerings at the priest. It's an eight-day process. The priest is going to have to check him out, inspect him, give all these offerings as a thanks to God. Now, you may ask, okay, so why? Like, if we just talked about not having to jump through hoops to make us holy, like if, if God makes us holy instantly, why do we have to do that? I think the main reason that God commands that is that he wants there for it to be an, a re-entering into society process. Now, if you think about a leper who's just out in this leper colony and comes back, and says, hey, I'm clean, and he starts going and interacting with people and buying stuff at the store and going over to people's houses, like people are going to be a little put back, right? Like, oh, dude, you got that like nasty disease, right? Like, I, I don't want that. Like, get out of my house, right? But it's an eight-day process, and this would have been a huge, huge deal if someone was cured of their leprosy, right? Like, I mean, this would be like massive massive. And so they want to give some time to say, all right, let's inspect this guy. Let's make sure, you know, he's just not wearing a bunch of makeup or mud or something, you know, all over his body. You know, like, let's give him a bath. Let's have him do some sacrifices. Let's do this and let's get the word out that he has been healed. 
I think that God cares so much about the leper that he says, hey, I care not only about healing you, but also what does your life look like afterwards as well? I think that's the main reason that Jesus is saying, hey, don't just go telling people, go and do what scripture tells you to do so that you can be re-entered into society, so that you can not just be redeemed physically, but also now you are redeemed socially as well. You have a brand new life. And when you feel like you're not good enough, when you feel like, man, I am just unworthy and I am just not good enough to be used by God, I'm not good enough to live up to the standards of this world, I'm just, I'm just not worthy, I want you to remember, not only can God redeem every aspect of your life, but He wants to. God wants to redeem us so badly. He looks at you and he goes, man, you are my child. You are my daughter. You are my son. And I want to redeem you. I want to redeem those past mistakes that you've done. If you've maybe lived through a divorce, maybe God is saying to you, hey, I want to redeem your relationship. I want to redeem your marriage. Maybe it's not with that person but I want to redeem you. I want to come alongside you and I want to redeem you. If you're saying, man, I'm in a new marriage and it's already messed up again, God is saying, I want to come alongside you and I want to redeem you. Maybe you're saying, man, I don't feel good enough because I've sinned sexually. I've done things that God has told me not to do and now I feel unworthy. God is saying, I want to redeem that aspect of your life. Maybe you've sinned with substances, alcohol, marijuana, illicit drugs, whatever it might be. God is saying, I want to redeem that. I want to redeem you. I want to redeem every single aspect of your life. Just as he's coming alongside this guy with leprosy. And he's saying, I want to redeem you. I want to give you a brand new life in me. Just as Paul says to the church in Corinth. That if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Look at this. The old has passed away. The new has come. God is saying, hey, I've got something new for you. I want to redeem every single aspect of your life. So let me ask you a question again. Where do you feel like you're not good enough? Where do you feel like you're unworthy? Where do you feel like you're just not living up to? God is saying, not only can I love you, not only can I change this, I have the power to, but I love you and I want to redeem you so badly. I want to make you holy. Wherever you've made mistakes, wherever you feel like you're just not good enough, wherever people have told you, you grew up in the wrong side of town, you grew up in the wrong family, you're just not good enough. God is saying, oh, I disagree. You are my child and I love you and I want to redeem every single aspect of your life. I want to make you whole. I want to make you holy and I want to walk alongside any situation that you find yourself in today. So what situation do you find yourself in today where you need God's redemption, where you need God to make you holy? Whatever that is, God is saying, hey, I love you. He's putting his arm around your shoulder. He's saying, let's walk through this together. Let's walk through this thing together. I know it's hard, and I know you want immediate results. I know you want this, this, and this, but I've got something better planned for you. All you got to do is keep on trusting me. That could be really difficult. It could be a really difficult process to come to God not get the immediate results that we think that we deserve or we think that we want or we think that are best. 
But if that's the case, if, if you've said, man, I, I, I'm, I've gone to God and I just, I don't feel like he's, he's done what he should have done. I want to implore you, keep on walking with him. Keep on trusting. Keep on digging into your relationship with him. Keep on digging into his word. Keep on growing. Keep on being transformed. God has a redeeming plan for your life. Keep on pursuing it. And if you're saying, man, I've, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never done that, but I want to be redeemed by him. I want to be made holy. If that's the case, I implore you, do it today. Give your life to Christ. Give every aspect of who you are over to him. Because not only can he transform you, he wants to. He loves you enough to walk alongside you to make you holy. By Christ dying on the cross, he says, I paid the cost. I paid the price for you to be made whole. I paid the price for you to be in the presence of God. I paid the price. All you have to do is simply accept that. Whether today is your first day doing that or whether you've done that years and years and years ago, God is saying, I want to continue redeeming you for the rest of your life. I want to continue redeeming every single aspect of who you are. Where do you need to be redeemed today? Where do you need God to come into your life and transform you? Where do you feel unclean? Where do you feel unworthy? Where do you feel like you're just not good enough? Wherever it is, I implore you, go to Christ with it. Just as this leper did, he went to Christ and he falls on his face and he begs him, if you will, make me clean. God wants to make you clean today in every single aspect of your life. All you have to do is accept his free gift. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you for this free gift that you want to give to each and every one of us. God, I pray that we would accept it. We thank you for sacrificially giving your life on the cross for each and every one of us. And God, I pray that you would truly redeem every aspect of who we are. That we wouldn't look at our lives and just go, well, I guess that's good enough but we would hand over everything to you and allow you to transform us and redeem us and be less like us in Jesus so we would be more like you. In every aspect of our lives and every word that we say, every thought that we think, everything that we do, God, would you redeem us? Would you make us holy? It's in your precious life-saving name we pray.
Well, hey, thanks again for joining us. If you could go to our website, if you're new with us, fill out that I'm new page. We'd love to connect with you, give you more resources, more ways to grow in your faith and give you more information about who we are. If you could as well, go to those reflection questions. You can find it in the YouVersion Bible app. You can find it in our online bulletin, wherever you're following along with us. You can find those. There's links in the description of wherever you're getting this. Go to those reflection questions. Spend some time with God. Ask Him to truly soften your heart to what it is that He has for you. He can make you whole. He wants to set you apart for Himself. He wants to redeem your life truly. So spend some time uh, with those reflection questions. Spend some time with the Lord and just ask Him, Hey, God, would, would you help me to live my life like I am redeemed? We love you, church. Have a great week, and we'll see you next weekend.